Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I'm Trent, and it is great to have your company today for episode 135. This week on Toy Power, we take a look at the Batman Hush animated movie. We then jump into a show and tell. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Ben. G'day, g'day. And Darren. Hello, everyone. Great to be with you. And let's get into our first segment. May the force be with you. Wise man say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. As you can see. Alright, and tonight we are looking at Batman Hush. It's like they're all crawling out from under the carpets now. <laughs> Hush knows me. He's been one step ahead of me the whole time. Tick-tock, trails going cold. This just gets better and better. Hush, Batman. Hush. This has been a long time coming for the DC Universe's animated franchise of films that they have been putting out direct to Blu-ray and DVD. And this is one of the things that got me into Jim Lee back in the day. It was the first DC collectibles line that I collected. My very first as well. So this was very iconic. I love the art style. I love the story, the depth. I think this is by Jeff Loeb. Yes. Who... If you remember back, did things like The Long Halloween yep. and Dark Victory. Some very gritty, real-world sort of storytelling. And it brings in, the comic book brings in not only a huge array of the rogues galleries, yep. but some of Batman's really cool foes like yep. the Huntress um, gets a, a nod in the comic yes. book series. Yep. And this is probably one of the big things where, you know, this story in terms of the animated universe is carrying on from a lot of the Justice League films. So it fits in. So they're having to sort of mesh this in with the ongoing mythology that they're building towards in DC. Sometimes they do a standalone film and other times they continue on with the characters in the the sort of the universe. And this is, and Hush definitely continues on the universe. So we do see a bit of liberty taken with which character they choose to use in this universe. And we'll get there in a minute. But let's just jump into it in terms of a couple of the high-level things before we get into spoilers. What did we think of the animation style and the voice direction in terms of the voice cast? Did you have any comments on that or was it pretty seamless? So the voice uh, thing, I know there's people on the internet that didn't like the voice of Batman. Uh, uh, But to me, that was didn't bother me. 
the animation I was a bit because I'm such a big fan of the comic book that was one of the uh, comic books I uh, gravitated to back in the day and uh, the comic the, the comic book was done by none other than Jim Lee obviously and that was just such at such a high precedent of yep. of uh, artwork it was just absolutely gorgeous and then seeing this the animation sort of to in an animated style of all the other DC universe um, movies and things in the you know depicted it just didn't have that wow factor felt a bit generic it, maybe extremely yeah. generic yeah. and that's no disrespect to the artists who work on these DC animations and things Batman still looked cool the villains and characters in the universe still look cool but it wasn't that wow factor that Jim Lee brings to the table it was so, always going to be hard yeah. to bring that into it particularly yeah. when they're using that consistent style. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely a very good call out because it was a lot to live up to, right? Definitely. Darren, do you have any comments on? Yeah, I do. Um, what, like um, Trent and Ben said, this is a um, a title that means a great deal to me. Um, I love the graphic novel. It's one of my uh, one of my go tos that I read over and over again. Uh, I've collected the DC uh, collectibles line as my very first DC collectibles or DC Direct line. So when this was announced, I was incredibly excited. And had high expectations, and part of that branding is, I guess, I pictured or envisioned that Jim Lee style of art that, to me, is synonymous with Hush. I mean, that that's what Hush that story is. So I get the shared universe and 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 the consistency of that, and and that being a tightrope to walk. But I guess I probably pictured something that was a little more true to to the the you know the 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 graphic novel which which I adore and uh, and the toy toy line and you know I had an image of what these things should look like and and I didn't quite mesh with that no no some <clears throat> very valid points and good points there um for, for, sorry just on yeah. the, it's one of those scenarios where you almost want to see the movie first and then go back and watch the comics like I know uh, we're having a chat uh, this week I think it was um. Uh, Captain Wow, which is Trent from the Patreon page, he was saying the boys. He wasn't excited about the boys because he'd read the comic and it doesn't live up to the the series. Doesn't live same up with to Sam the, Cripps. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't live comments. up to the um to the comic book. But me or us three essentially going into the boys, seeing the the um, TV show first and then going back to the comics. It's like wow, this is actually really cool. And I felt that with Hush. I think if you watched the um, animation by itself and not known the comic book history, you'd be like, this is a cool movie. And I'm sure as hell would also think this is a damn good movie. But because I'm such, I'm I'm so, in, um, you know, uh, hardcore into the comic book, yeah. I, it it was never, unfortunately, it was never going to live up to my expectations on, on in the animation, especially when they started changing things. And uh, that was a, f- a big frustration from the get-go yeah, not honouring the source material. Yeah, so, so without getting into too much spoilers, the opening thing I said to my wife because she was watching in the room watching it a little bit with me, you see Bane instead of Killer Croc, right? So Killer Croc kidnaps a little kid, but in the animation it was Bane that's doing it. And I said, that's not right. And no. and Ree's like, who cares? And I'm like, well, me, I do. Because obviously this is now a trend that they're going to change a lot more things. Yeah, and they started doing that and, early And on. they did. So yeah. I picked it very early on and I wasn't happy straight away from the first three minutes into the uh, animation and that and I didn't I didn't begrudge that annoyance 
until the end of the film and I walked away with a bit of sour taste in my mouth, unfortunately. But I can definitely see this as a quality animation film if you only know it as an animated film. Yeah. Very early on, it's interesting because, and very true to the book, um, Batman is uh, chasing a character through the streets of Gotham and Hush shows up and shoots down the sort of zip line that he's on and he falls and, and injures himself. And he's at the time wearing the traditional DC Universe animated costume. And it has, in my mind, it's not a bad costume. It's, it's a pretty iconic looking sort of Batman, but it has this weird chin bit that kind of goes up on his chin. It gives him more of that armoured helmeted look, which I just don't personally like that style on the chin. And it's just a minor grievance. Very, very, don't want to say a lot about it. Um, but the the injury that he sustains forces him back into a different suit because it's you know explained away as having a bit more padding around the head, and it is the blue and grey hush, yeah. hush look. And yep. as soon as they he got into that, I'm like, oh, that's cool because I know Darren, you called it a tightrope, and it is a bit of a tightrope. Well, not when it's to, shot. <laughs> it's a tightrope trying to integrate this into the ongoing universe, and they took liberties. And and the other one again, it's probably not major spoilers, but. Batgirl instead of Huntress. Yeah, that, and that was frustrating. It was, but, yeah. It's frustrating. But I can see why You can see the Batgirl, logic. Yeah. I, I yeah. didn't get the logic of the Killer Croc for but, Bane. No, I think I, it was just change for change, for the sake yeah. of change. Just and to, I love that version of Killer oh, Croc. So he's I, so monstrous. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I feel like... And, and they even reference that in the comics. They say yeah. he's taken too much yes. or he's, he's gone too savage and that's why he's like that instead yeah. of more, the more humanised. Yeah. So they mm. sort of reference that he's just going he's through this mutation... Period, and he's you know he's he, he, m- more monster than man yes. at the moment. And which I love is that cool. it was a very threatening scene. And and look, I think they did it quite well in the in the animation as well. But I always remember that scene in the comic as it as it plays out with the the kidnapping and the the young child, and it just feels so threatening. And Batman is under the pump, you know, from a physical sense. It's it's quite a confronting and and it's drawn beautifully to your to yep. your point and it's one of my favourite versions of Killer Croc just oh, that, yeah. such, such yeah. a mo- so bulky that, that's why and I've so got monstrous. in my toy collection that's why I've got the Arkham Asylum Killer Croc in my toy collection as opposed to any other version of Killer Croc because he's that monstrous version of uh, Killer Croc instead of the more mutated X Men style version mm. of uh, Killer Croc so. Mm. To go into just high level what Hush is about uh, as we sort of stay in our non-spoilers section. So it follows, I guess, you know, the opening of a kidnapping and a ransom and the money disappears. Someone sort of gets away with the ransom and it's not who we expect. And it sort of falls from there that maybe some of these characters are being manipulated or controlled by someone, and that's sort of the mystery, isn't it? The the rogues gallery, you start following those storylines and they start hunting each other almost, and they keep saying, no, I've got to get money, so Bane's got to get money to uh, Poison Ivy, and Poison Ivy owes money to such and such and and such and such, you know, owes money to that, and then then, uh, Catwoman comes in and steals the money for herself and... It, you know, it, you're chasing this big sum of mon- money elsewhere yep. and you don't know where, who's at the end of it. Who's so pulling the strings that's and right. who's controlling it. Yeah. bit like, a little bit in the vein of Heat, you know, something yeah. like the Robert De Niro Al Pacino film that I love. It's got a bit of that element where, you know, you don't, you know, quite know who's pulling the strings and you're going after the, the different scores and so forth. 
and it, it's got a wonderful rogues gallery, yes. like all and the that's great why I, characters. That's why I love in. this storyline yeah. so much because it goes through all the uh, characters and it brings in another DC iconic character into the mix, which is just fantastic. Well done as yeah. well. Particularly, I mean, I love the depiction. And if you do collect the line, there are some wonderful figures. And, and again, you know, um, that, that having such a love for those toys and then not seeing maybe the characters that were represented yeah. like Huntress was, yeah, again, a bit of a frustration. But yeah. Yeah, wonderful from a, a rogues gallery perspective. I think the villains in this were done very well, and it does introduce a new villain, which is Hush, and, and Hush was created for this story. Correct. Um, for those of you don't, who don't know what he looks like, he's essentially wearing almost like a black military style um, underneath. He's got a brown trench coat, and his face is all bandaged. It's basically Like a mummy. Mu- like a mummy, yep, bandaged up. Simultaneously, we're introduced to another friend of Bruce Wayne, which is Thomas Elliot. And the name, if you go, Thomas sounds familiar. There is some references, you know, in the name, some clues in the name, and a very deep backstory which I'm from the comics, which I'm not sure was fully explored in this, and I felt that, you know, a few things around that character were changed quite a bit. Funnily enough, it's interesting, it was a bit like rereading The Long Halloween I couldn't actually remember how it ended. Like right. I was trying to think and I was, I was thinking back because I, I haven't read it since it came out. And I'm like, who is Hush? And we'll talk a bit this when we get into spoilers. But in the comics, I was trying to remember actually who is Hush at the end. And I had some very different memories. Um the 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 book the the movie played out, you know, in my mind very differently. But how different was it in the end? I want to sort of get your thoughts on. Um, because I can't quite remember exactly what the comics was, because there was a there's a clayface kind yes, of yes, uh, and, and uh, misdirection and um, what's his name? Uh, Todd. 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 Jason Todd. Jason Todd yeah. becomes hush as well at one stage. But doesn't is, he? is or that he's faking is that, it, or is it? Is that that's clayface? the bit I can't remember. I thought that was maybe no. I haven't clayface, read it for a while, so, but yeah, because yeah, that was an exclusive figure. You it was could get. yes, yeah. yeah, the Jason Todd. And then I was wondering, I was trying to think back because they did the whole. Red Hood story yeah. as well, you know, yep. under the Red yep. Hood, and they explored that, which is you know Jason Todd coming back, and then I thought, wait, is Jason Todd? But that's what I, that's I what I thought. That's what I, I thought, and then remember. It, and then it changed in the in the animation, and the, but I was still annoyed at what they did with the animation. But we'll talk about that. Yeah. Any anything else for uh, non spoilers? Um, chatter. Oh, look, I think I quite liked what they did with the animation. I know, sort of considering. You know, it didn't the get up to the Jim Lee. Yeah, it didn't get up to the Jim Lee, but I enjoyed it. I found the they tried to make Catwoman's costume look really shiny, and it didn't quite work for me. It, you know, the way they did the the gradient from the black through the greys to a very white didn't quite pull off the shine that I think they were going for, and it, it distracted me a lot. Um, this is, I guess, a heavy romance story as well like it's i did not like that at all it's it went on too long yeah like it's a big part of dragged yeah yep i don't think i would have minded that in a different story like a different batman um like an original batman story set in this universe i wouldn't have minded their romance but to me that just wasn't the source material and I, uh, I, it does have elements. It does have like an it element has of that, but I, mean, I didn't think it was the source material to this degree. The, this uh, yeah. this animation scenario felt like it went on for a years. Yeah. Not not just a 
a couple of months no, true, or, yeah, or a couple of yes, weeks. Exactly. Yeah, I think you're right to that. Um, there was one scene, I think it was a the, the kiss sequence, um, that looked like they'd taken that from the panel. Yep. And that I thought when that came up, it was very good. There was also a couple of sequences where they did the, um, you know, almost montage of them fighting a few of the other rogues galleries together. Sort of, here's the relationship that yeah. Batman and Catwoman yeah. have. Here's them fighting crime together. And there was, I think, Penguin and Two-Face and a few of yep. the big villains that didn't make it into the main story arc were done. I and that, really did like that. That art was beautiful. Yeah. It was really that nicely sequence, animated. Yeah. yeah, that little montage. I thought that was done done really well. And voice direction, I thought, was was fine. Yep. You know, um, I'm getting more used to this this version of Batman. I know, yeah, I know no, Kevin, cast Kevin Conroy is always front of mind, but... Yeah, I think they did a good job. So I think we probably have to dive into spoilers. So we are going to hit the spoiler button right now. And if you haven't seen it, feel free to fast forward about 10 minutes um, of the episode. But I want to get into this discussion of who is Hush. Yeah, all right. So, so, so can we start off with the comics? So I the think, comic. So the comic. What's book your recollection? Is, so my recollection, I thought it was Jason Todd it, from from memory. I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't. I think read we all the, have a memory of it being Jason Todd because of that figure. Yeah, yeah I, I, I haven't read the comic for years, and I, I'll be honest, I've got a big ultimate version. So it's it's the uh, usually you traditionally get in two trade paperbacks of six. Uh, issues or something. I've got the ultimate version, so it's one enormous hardcover. So like the absolute version. edition. Absolute. That's yep. the word for it. Yeah. Sorry, I've got ultimates on the mind from I Super Seven. Yeah. Super 7. So I've got the absolute version. So it's a big, heavy book. Um, my recollection was it was uh, Jason Todd. However, uh, doing a, a tiny little bit of research, it is actually uh, Thomas Elliot in the comics that is revealed to be as hot as Hush, who is um, a character from Bruce Wayne's. Uh, childhood days okay. and so that is my that is my memory the my memory is that Jason Todd was Clayface and he's playing around with Batman so basically Jason Todd is dead yes um and I always remember it being Thomas Elliot, right? right. So Thomas Elliot is the brain surgeon yes. who's friends with Batman yes. yep. but what actually happened is he tries Thomas Elliot tries to murder his parents and make it look like an accident yet Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas Wayne, who was good friends with, I think, his parents, rescues, saves them. So right. saves them from, from passing away. Okay. Yep. And he holds this grudge or this resentment against the, against the Wayne right. family. Right. And that's sort of some of his motivation right. um, okay. to, to become harsh. Yep. And, and, and so when... It's a great role reversal, isn't it, between the kid that loses his parents yeah. through tragedy to the one that actually plots to... Yes. You mm. know, um, to, to get rid of his. So yep. this was... This was very strange when they changed that whole reveal. Yeah. So they, but they did uh, make sure Thomas Elliot was in the animation, uh, even though for I think he was in two scenes that they sort of bypassed in the hallway or something, and then invited them yep. to the um to the, to the banquet, whatever it was. Yeah, yep. to the drinking thing, and then um uh, then Catwoman and uh, Batman uh, Bruce left together, and he's uh, Thomas is standing there with. Two drinks in his hands, ready to give yep. to those two, and that—that's the yes. last we see of uh, Thomas um, in the animation. Well, he goes. They have the scene where they're at the opera, and he gets—they get attacked, right? And he gets shot, he gets killed at oh, that, okay. in that yeah, opera, and, and, yeah. and it's almost like he's framed. Joker gets framed by Hush, right? Um, that's and, right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Sorry, I'm. Yeah. So he does have a role, but then I'm like, I'm, I'm waiting for him to be revealed as Hush, and it—it it totally. Got yeah. me because it's, 
It was the Riddler. In yeah, but I see that, the that I didn't like, like the fact that it's the Riddler because I don't see the Riddler as being a marksman that can shoot we can't. a gun no. and that was, shoot a shoot a, a, a um, and he looked buff. And the yeah, Riddler's uh, a very meek character. Um, they explained that their their justification was in this that oh, the Riddler, true. yeah, the Riddler is suffering from a. a inoperable brain tumour. He goes to Thomas Elliot, being a brain surgeon, to have it cured. He can't fix him, so he he breaks into the Lazarus pit. And apparently, when you also go into the Lazarus pit, it makes you into a really cool supervillain. Right. So that's okay. how he gets his marksmanship. Yeah. No, nah, I didn't, didn't like it. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't keep the original ending. Because obviously, as Sam Cripps said, right. if if it was the same as the comic book, it would be a, it would be a um, what do you call it? No uh, mystery to it. Yeah, no mystery. It would be uh, but um, it's predictable. The it's the ending. Like, I know. That's the ending I, of that story. I I, like. I, I, I um, acknowledge what Sam was trying to say, yeah. no, and no, I, no, I get it. I, I get it. You know, I, some I, sometimes it's nice. Like 2003 Ninja Turtle storyline yep. where they changed, yep. you know, Shredder was Neutron, you know, and things. Amazing. Like sometimes twists from your traditional storyline sure. can work in amazing ways. This to me was not the plot points twisted in the right way no, and I didn't, I didn't like it, uh, which is unfortunate because I, I think if I'd seen the animation first and then read the comic book, I would have loved it in that order. Yep. But because I'm so invested in the comic book... I did not appreciate the uh, changes in the film, uh, and I don't think the the artwork and animation was up to the standard that I. So you know, I turn it on, I start watching it. That's not that's not yeah, Bane's not meant to be. Yeah, Bane's not meant to be in there. That's meant to be Killer Croc. So I'm annoyed instantly. I, I'm deeply at the back of my brain. I'm not liking the animation, yep. and therefore I don't sour it. It doesn't save nah, itself yeah, from yeah. then on. So yep. I'm, I, you know, uh, I just didn't. It just didn't live up to my expectations because I'd been so excited for this film. You know, I put it up on a pedestal that this is going to be an amazing film. I'm going to watch it, and then I might go and buy it, which yep. I don't buy DVDs or Blu-rays anymore. I'm going to go and buy it. That's how that's how invested I was into this. Watched it, and I'm definitely not buying this. Yeah. So, which is unfortunate. Yeah, look, I think I came away from it a bit disappointed too. I mean, I liked it. I don't know that I loved it, but I, but I definitely liked it. Solid entertainment, as has been said. I guess I expected something closer to to the graphic novel. I understand it's a balancing act, but hey, look, you know, at the end of the day, I'd hyped it out up in my own mind as well, and unfortunately, just it couldn't live up to it. But I do think the performances were really solid. The voice direction, there were a lot, a lot of positive things about it, and and they had some good things to say in in the story and and that. But at, at the end of the day, I, I think I would have liked it even more. It would have lifted it from a like to a love if it had been close a closer adaptation to the source material. Yeah, I'm just reading the um, the Wikipedia page as we talk, and it says in an epilogue to his face-off with Elliot, Batman discovers the true mastermind behind the conspiracy is the Riddler, and then it talks to the Lazarus Pit, the terminal disease, and the curing. Is that right? Well, that's that's what it says here. So he goes, he has used the so Batman discovers the true mastermind behind the conspiracy is the Riddler. So we're talking. So we're not saying Riddler is the harsh. Thomas Elliot is the hush from what I remember, yeah. but but he's the mastermind behind all all those all the conniving and yeah. and the bit we didn't really touch on when we were trying to do non spoilers is Poison Ivy starts using her you know Ivy magic kiss. the kiss the kiss the 
to entrance and command a lot of characters, and so including Superman, including Superman, so, which right. is one of my yeah. favorite aspects. Yes. And and of this, I didn't think that was uh, uh, blown up to the to the um, prospect that it should have done in the that it was done in the comic books. I think that it was felt rushed. It, it felt rushed and brushed over, and not as over dramatic as it should have been. Yep. And before you know it, it was Catwoman and Batman, lovey dovey, yes. um, hand in hand fighting villains, and I'm like, yeah. What is this? It's a shame because Jerry O'Connell does a really good Superman and it kind of felt wasted. Oh, it, it, you know, just the fact that Batman beat Superman where because he was wearing a kryptonite ring. Like, that that storyline is outstanding. And, and Superman's fighting Batman because he's uh, entranced from the kiss mm. and he's got uh, he's little got veins on his neck and yeah. things. And he doesn't... He's uh, um, not in control of himself. Yeah. Like, it's just the perfect mix of... Super characters who are friends fighting each other, you yeah, know, like and it's so anti-Superman. Yes, exactly speaking, that, which exactly. Made, made it work in the, yeah. in the book. I, I love that storyline, and I I don't think it was um, promoted as well as it should have been. But it was Do really you... interesting to hear what Trent said that the big bad of the comic was still the Riddler, even though he wasn't harsh. Yeah, he was the puppet master. Kind yes, of. correct, and and but still to. But he wasn't hush. He no, wasn't hush. He wasn't hush. Right. So it's I, a big stray. Yeah. I could, I could ad, uh, admit. I mean, I haven't read the comic books for a lot while, but I could admit if he was the um, the person behind the yeah, strings sure. and pulling the strings, but someone else needed to be hush. Thomas Elliot should have been yeah, hush. Absolutely. Yeah. Midler doesn't have the marksmanship to no. be shooting. Uh, and, know, and Lazarus Pit, and, that's, a, that's a cop-out yeah, to try and yeah. explain that that gave Cause, him those. Because to me, Riddler is not a physically demanding no. um, in the in the fight sort of character. He's more of a how am I going to outsmart yeah. Batman with his mind, not how am I going to go fist to fist with Batman exactly. today. Like, yeah. There's scenario. a scene in there which I think plays out brilliantly where, where Bruce talks about how important Tom Elliott was to him as a child after he lost his parents. Think about the dramatic tension of that scene if it had been Thomas Elliot. Oh, exactly. That was behind yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of, that setup was kind of wasted, I thought. And I must admit as well, the flashback sequences in the comic, which weren't done at all in this, um, left left that emotional weight out of it. So I think they lost a lot. That They focused too heavily on the romance aspect and not enough on the relationship between Thomas and Batman and Bruce. Which was crucial because, because that's, that the, was. Hint, that's yeah. the totality of the betrayal. My childhood friend who yep. I trusted from the get-go was there for me from the moment I lost my parents and, and was almost, you know, almost like a, you know... A brother. Um, a brother and... And you know someone to help me get through that that enormous tragedy, and they've just pulled the rug out from under me. They're not the person I thought they were. Bam, that's gone because mm. guess what? It's the Riddler instead. Yeah, nah, exactly right. All right, let's do a a movie review, Davy style, out of nineteen. Um, ben, kick it off. Uh, I'm going to get an eleven because I still would recommend it to other people who have seen it. <coughs> it just didn't live up to the hype that I had in my head that this storyline would be. So. Yep. Good call. I'm going to be a bit softer than Ben, which probably surprises everyone. I'm going to say 14. Yeah, I'm going to go with 14 as well. Um, for the for the criticisms, I did enjoy it. I did sit down and enjoy it. And I think it's just because I'd forgotten so much about the comic. It's only till afterwards. I totally, I must admit, I didn't pick the Killer Croc until you mentioned it then. Oh, really? Bane. No, like, I, I, no I know now. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really obvious, but... In the moment, I just didn't think to it. I, I got the Huntress one, um, Batgirl. Yeah. And, yeah, the ending seemed a bit off. But, yeah, like, um, 
if I'd, if I'd sort of been more aware of that, might have put me in a, in a different mood. But I enjoyed it for what it for what it was and what it was trying to do and the constraints it was playing into. So I understand why they went in the direction they, they did. I think it would have worked better as a standalone rather than part yeah. of that unit. I think you're oh, 100% right. Agree. I think you're right. 100% yeah. agree. Yeah. And it would have allowed them to do maybe a more Jim Lee style of yeah. animation. But it was always going to be hard to pull off because Jim Lee does use a lot of detailed line work. And it's just not something you can easily capture in animation. All right, we'll end our movie review and head into show and tell. All right, so we've all brought in a figure to talk to. Ben, we're going to start with yours. What have you brought in for us today? So, um, keeping on the Batman uh, theme tonight, I have brought in a Batman Two-Face. Now, this is not Two-Face from Batman. This is Batman... uh, Sorry, this is Two-Face as Batman, if that makes sense. So so if you can um, close your eyes and picture Two-Face wearing a Batman outfit, uh, this is um, him wearing a red and blue type outfit, and this is from the DC Collectibles line from the Batman Reborn storyline and uh, subsequent uh, toy line, same name, yeah. Uh, I brought this one in because it's got a bit of a storyline. I picked this up in tw- uh, 2010 while I was in um, uh, while I was in traveling around America. I think it was in uh, Warner Brothers near Warner Brothers Movie World or something over there, and we went to um, Things from Another World uh, comic book store and walked in and I saw uh, these two uh, figures sitting on the shelf. I ha- I hadn't even read the storyline. I I just adored the um, look and appearance of uh, two of the characters from this line, Two-Face and um, Jason Todd as Batman, and I picked them both up and I bought them. So it's a bit of a sentimental value of my awesome overseas trip and honeymoon and such. Um, This is an outstanding figure. Uh, It's just beautifully sculpted. Uh, The Two-Face side of Batman, um, the uh, sort of, he's got very scarred face. He's got the um, more uh, seen version of his jawline. You can see right back into the uh, back part of his teeth and things. Uh, his eye is completely open and it's almost a bloodshot and things. And he's got the little uh, coin in one hand uh, depicting, you know, his uh, choices. And on the other side, he's, uh, his only accessory is a little pistol. And he's, um, yeah, he's just fantastic. I just freaking Oh, it's great. Him. Great color scheme. The coin is sculpted into the hand by the Correct. looks of it. Is yes. that gun removable? Yes. Yeah. It, it, okay. yeah. Yep. Yep. It yeah. is, you know, it's fascinating to see a figure that looks, yeah, I mean, he, at first, oh, look at the detail in the face. It's amazing. He, he, he only ever in one panel, uh, yep. sort of a back page of the comic books, Batman gets knocked out or something and he's sort of coming to and he looks up and he sees this um, Two-Face wearing a Batman costume and he's like, what the hell, uh, sort of a bit delusional and things. And then you get grab the next issue of the comic book series and it is actually Two-Face in his regular outfit. Uh, it's He's just um, Batman's uh, delusional coming out of, um, you know, coming from... Uh, being knocked out so it's it's a fictitious character but it's um been uh repri- um remembered in um plastic form and he's just absolutely sensational mm. no it's very cool and it's interesting to see like batman when he's holding a gun i mean yes, I know it's, it, yes it just doesn't look yeah. right or it yeah. looks more menacing or something Definitely. so yeah very very cool figure i'll jump in next all right so i've got with me in my hands 
uh, a figure from Hasbro's um, Bucky O'Hare line. And this is the only figure I had as a kid. Uh, it's Dead Eye Duck. So it's you only the... had one toy as a kid. No, the only the only, <laughs> the only Bucky O'Hare. O'Hare. I was, yeah. I was going to jump on that too. Um, the only I lived a very deprived childhood. <laughs> Making up for it now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So oh, just the moral of the story is don't don't stuff for your kids' yeah. imaginations. Otherwise, they'll become lifelong toy collectors. And addicts, that's right. I loved this figure and I loved all of Bucky O'Hare, but, but um, couldn't obviously get everything. I remember going down to Toy World in Norwood to get this this particular figure. And I also remember watching Bucky O'Hare on, I think it was Cheese TV, but it was on the local television network here. And they would run competitions partway through. And I remember them giving out Bucky O'Hare figures and vehicles oh, wow. and just being super yeah. jealous of, of everyone that had them. They weren't around long here in Australia. I do want to point out a few things. So if you can imagine, if you, if you don't know what Dead Eye Duck looks like, He's duck, very almost like Daffy Duck style. Yes. He's a black Same duck. Same colour scheme. Same colour scheme. He's got four arms, interestingly, and he is a, a pilot in the story. Um, he's wearing an orange jumpsuit with these sort of bright red braces and boots, and he's got a, a baseball cap with some um, earphones. And, yes, he does have a dead eye. He's got an eye patch across one eye, and he's got that sort of turtle grimace on one side of his mouth. I just think he's a, a beautiful-looking figure. The other thing I will point out is he comes with four pistols, four, you know, almost retro-style laser guns um, done in that almost 1960s sort steampunk of... Steampunk style. Yeah, very yeah. steampunk. They're all individually sculpted, and they are very nice little sculpts. So that one sort of looks like a ray gun. It's got little triggers. And they have these sort of holes in them, which you can kind of plug onto his um, vest there, or you can put them in his back. He's got a little plug there. You can put the, the weapon in the, the plug hole. But they're all uniquely sculpted. Um, mine are interestingly cast in an orange, uh, sorry, in a purple. Um, and I'm missing one of them. So I did lose one. I didn't keep them all from childhood. Um, but the regular release or the US release or the one I've got, well, I've got, in fact, two mint on card, but it comes with the silver gun. And when Boss Fight Studios did their um, redo of Dead Eye Duck, they did him in the silver, in the silver gun. So I suspect the purple is the the rarer variant, right? Um, the Australian variant. Yeah, possibly the Australian <laughs> or European or, or yep. English, or I'm not sure if there was a running change or something, but... Um, yeah, that, that's my, my one and only Bucky O'Hare figure from, from my childhood. And um, since then, I've, I've collected the line, um, Mint on Card, still chasing a few loose ones. But really fun line, really cool. And if you do like your Bucky O'Hare and you did want to see what was going to be of the line, there was a lot of work put into where that line was heading. You can check out The Toys That Time Forgot by Blake Wright. Volume 1, he's working on Volume 2 at the moment, but Volume 1 does an extensive look at Bucky O'Hare and Pit Stop Pete and Jenny and um, there's a, a, a camo, almost like it's Dead Eye Duck in the ninja attire. Would have been a great line. And I know Jamie Peake, Jay Peake, came with the question in our last podcast around, you know, what figures would you like? I'd love to see Hasbro do yep. uh, a Bucky O'Hare line. We're probably not going. The closest we're going to get is what Boss Fight Studio gets to in their line. So super excited to see what will come out of that. For sure. So I'm going to talk about the Kenner Dark Knight collection. Um, 
Bruce Wayne that was also re, um, reissued in the Batman Returns line. So uh, one of the reasons why I've singled the, this out is it's something that really struck me at the time as a child. Uh, first when it hit and then when I was um, able to get it. Uh, the likeness to Michael Keaton for 1990 may not be uh, the standard that, say, Hot Toys have put out since, but, but the standard for Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne, the face sculpt I thought was a huge step for 1990 when you compare it to some of the the three and three quarter inch uh, scale stuff that Kenner and other manufacturers had done around that sort of era. This, this was a, a big milestone in terms of being able to get a movie likeness and gave you a real vibe of the film. You've got Got the figure in a black turtleneck with, a, funnily enough, with a little red bat logo. Just, I guess, to make sure um, people don't know his secret identity. He's no, got the little right. black logo to throw them off yep. at the bat logo. But um, he's wearing the turtleneck, uh, black uh, black trousers. Comes with like a, a CB uh, or walkie-talkie communicator and a bat suit that he can transform into to to become Batman. With, which is is really cool. I, for me, it was just it was really cool to get a Bruce Wayne, any Bruce Wayne at that point, because you know we'd had a number of lines with Batman and and some villains and and you know some you know obviously Robin, but you know there hadn't really been a Bruce Wayne. And then second of all, to get one that actually looked like uh, or somewhat looked like him in the films was was terrific and and it left me wanting, particularly when they reissued it in Batman Returns. Uh, left me wanting a Selena Kyle figure, which obviously we we haven't got yet. But I'm looking at you, McFarlane. It's not too late to give us a Michelle Pfeiffer Selena Kyle. Oh, that'd be lovely, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't it? it? Yeah, no, very excited to see what Todd's got planned for us in that Batman line or Same DC here. line. It's going to be, I think, it's going to be very, very spectacular. Um, and, and from from some of the really all we've seen is some sort of prototype sketch ideas of what it could involve well i i heard i don't know if you guys saw for the 80th anniversary at sending out comic con they had like um the movie bat suits and villain suits and psychic suits but i i heard and saw a photo of todd, todd mcfarlane going and looking for them with the caption maybe he's looking for inspiration for <laughs> for the figure so you can only hope can't yeah no exactly. because there'd be some great stuff that they could do mm. no, very true <laughs> Watching a play. My eyes, the goggles do nothing. All right, we have time to get to our final segment, which we didn't get to in our last episode because we had so much news and PowerCon goodness to digest. But we were going to do a reading, watching, playing. So just to shoot around the room and see what we've all been up to in the spheres of pop culture and and fandom. Ben, what have you been consuming? Oh, mate, I've been consuming a lot, actually. Uh, I haven't been uh, watching... Sorry, I haven't been playing anything. I don't play much games anymore, but I've been watching a ton. I've been watching Orange is the New Black series season seven, which is... uh, crap <laughs> it was just average that's the last season so goodbye animal kingdom the guys at right. work have uh, yep. really hardcore promoted that so i went home and watched zoo which was completely the wrong program wow and then that turned crap and i'm like this what are you talking about this series is uh, average they're like, are you sure you you're watching? The wrong one? Yeah, oh, and then Seriously, long story you short, the wrong yeah, <laughs> I just remembered animals and zoo came up, and wow. yeah, uh, so don't watch zoo, watch Animal Kingdom. Now so. let's just pause on that yes. note. So 
Animal Kingdom, for those of you who don't know what it is or what we're talking about, started off as a movie, an Australian Aussie movie, film, yeah. Aussie film. Oh, I didn't even know right? that. So there was a okay. movie right. and, it, and it was Wood, uh, Jackie, Jackie Weaver. Weaver yeah. and Ben Mendelsohn. Ben, ben Mendelsohn, who famously now is getting into you know things like Star Wars and he's in the DC Universe as the, as the, the Skrull. Um, so doing, doing wonderful things, he's, he's a, but this was his sort of first role. Um, in the in the bigger time, this is what got him into things like the Dark Knight Rises, yeah. and Captain Marvel, and and Rogue One. And it's a it's it's very much a, an Australian crime drama, looking at the crime family. I found it very confronting. Oh, it's uh, awesome! It's, it's, I, it's horrendous yeah. in some of the things yeah. that happen in yeah. the movie. Um, you know, it's about basically a crime family and and some of the things that go on in that family. Um, but they've made it into a TV, TV show series, as well, yep, TV yep. series. Is it, is it an Australian series? No, okay, no, they, no, it's, it's not. Full okay, US. Right. It's US, full, okay. full US. Uh, it uh, has just actually wrapped up, I believe. Yep. The final episode has just aired, but I'm only, I've just finished season two. So I'm sort of um, only, I'm well behind on okay. where they're up I wonder to, if so. it has anything to do with the Australian show. I think it's uh, got definitely got inspiration right, from okay. it because it is a crime family where yep. the mother sort of uh, holds everyone yes. accountable okay, and they yeah, sort of similar. she yeah. takes a, a, a cut so to yes. speak and they work together. It's sounding not, like it just from that. They're yep. not officially no, brothers; they're sort of adopted brothers and things that have come, but they've they only know crime. They're tro- yep. Yep. one of them tries to be on the straight and narrow yes. by opening up Art. a bar and things, but similar. it's still uh, you know plagued with uh, you know yeah. Can't, can't get away from his brothers. So. No, that's right. Yeah. It's quite tragic. Yeah. I mean, the movie was had had some just horrendous, like a, in one in particular, which I won't spoil for anyone, but just a horrendous moment. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to so, check that out. Yeah. Wicked, man. Um, plastic Crack Documentary. So that's been around in the US and um, circulating the world for a little while. Finally, Australia has uh, got it. It's been opened up to international airwaves and um, I cranked through all four episodes and found it f- absolutely fascinating. Fantastic. Totally different to what I initially expected, but um, an awesome series that we, I really hope we can cover on the podcast. We'll have to do a review yeah. of it, maybe when yep. Frank's back, because it does need you know, at least half an hour yes. to break it down and digest. Yep. Um, but it's, it is, and I don't want to steal with thunder, but very much it's looking at the collectors uh, and the collectors more. issues, yeah. whereas we've seen things like um, The Toys That Made Us, which interviews all the toy companies and looks at the history of the line. And the creators. And- the creators and all that, which is great. And that's wonderful history. But this is so much more intimate yep. and so much more personal. The, and the, these are mega, mega collectors. Some like of these, them, yeah. these are the guys that have... Uh, a death, a, 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 you know, the Death Star that was used in the film. The, the actual, uh, prop. the actual prop, yeah, replica. Yeah. He's got a gun arsenal of replica, uh, not replica like of actual the actual movie of the, prop, yeah, of yeah. the prop weapons from Star Wars and things like. This is people that uh, when we all complained that we mum sold all our toys back in the eighties, there was this guy that was going around buying them all. He That's was the guy. He was the he, guy. He bought, that them would bought, he bought all them your and, toys and yeah. saw the value of yeah. them. You know uh, that they would become yep. in all these years later um fascinating documentary fascinating, highly recommend it? um we yeah, we will definitely we'll have to get that. to it but yep. if you haven't seen it because it hasn't been in your area go on to amazon prime type in plastic crack it'll come up like it, it didn't i found it quite hard to find initially and when it was newly released maybe it wasn't popping up as 
as I would expect, but it is on there. It is free with your yep. membership. Yep. You can download. Yep. It is a phenomenal watch. Yep. Yep. Fascinating. Well yep. done. Guillermo. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, De Toro? No, that's no, the that's uh, the guy. Yeah, but yeah, wonderful yeah. job. Yeah. He's done I mean, a... he's got uh, uh, ties with uh, my wife is going to kill me. Well, podcast. they're on there. They're on and, there. And that was that was and, a crazy um, bit. Is yeah. when the music started playing. I'm like, I recognise this music. and I'm like, oh wow, it's yeah. it's my wife's going to yeah. kill me. Podcast. That was really cool to see the guys on yeah. there, and they yeah. had um, Justice Curry, Justice Curry, yeah. a special guesting on that episode, yeah. Yeah. but. Really, really cool. Yeah, classic, yeah. classic, classic. Um, uh, yeah. uh, Handmaid's Tale season three. So the last two years in a row, I've voted Handmaid's Tale as my favourite uh, TV series of uh, the year. Not this year. No way. Far from it. It went in a different route. So, yeah, that was average. Uh, Starship Troopers Invasion, the animated uh, movie. I thought that was a ripper of a film. I really, really enjoyed that. Highly recommend it. Preacher Season 4, very, very cool. Highly recommend. And I recently um, got away a uh, quick movie date with the missus, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, nice. I thought that oh, yeah. was really cool. Well, yeah. well, I heard when they showed it at Cairns, Cairns Film Festival, um, and that was a good three or four months ago, it received a seven-minute standing ovation oh, wow. from the crowd. Uh, and I'm like, whose job is it to time the yeah, ovation? Yeah. Is there is an uh, official timekeeper that needs to sit yeah. there and, and go, well, it's, we've Qu- gone past five minutes, <laughs> six six minutes, wow. To me, Quentin Tarantino's best films are um, Pulp, Fiction Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Um, okay. This was far from his best film, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not invested in Hollywood, so I didn't get yep. a lot of the references and things. Um, Brad Pitt was the star of this okay. uh, series, uh, this sort of, um, you know, movie, uh, in my opinion. He starts off as sort of a back character and works his way up. He is in... I'll, t- I'd turn gay for him. He is in phenomenal shape. Like, and you, you and heard it on Twitter he, he, first. He is becoming the Clint Eastwood of his time as he grows older. He's just he is amazing. Um, and and just switching it up a little bit. Listening, I'm adding listening to the uh, yep. to this uh, genre. Uh, last podcast on the left. Shout out to Davey because he uh, recommended to this. It's a great podcast that often talks about true crimes. Well, it mostly talks about true crime tr- stories. Their Bonnie and Clyde three-part episode series was absolutely outstanding. Doubled up up with their witty comedic humour from the hosts Ben, Henry and Marcus, an absolute must-listen-to series in my opinion. Absolutely fascinating for someone that doesn't listen to real-life podcasts and things because I want to get, you know, immersed in the toys and the fictional stuff. Uh... The Bonnie and Clyde uh, got me hooked and uh, can't recommend it highly enough. It's yeah, amazing, amazing. So I haven't had time to watch a great deal or get out and see a great deal lately because I've been tied up with work and other commitments outside of work. Uh, it's kept me sort of um, under the radar, I guess, for the last few weeks. So I'm hoping some of that might start to settle down a bit now. But um, one thing I have done is I have been listening to a few podcasts lately. Um, I did catch Fat Man Beyond today, the Kevin Smith one, um, where he talks about the Buster Universe cartoon that he's he's working on. I found that to be a thoroughly enjoyable podcast. It's very irreverent, very Kevin Smith in what you'd expect, but did not disappoint at all. And... I've also been um, back listening for to more of um, Roast Google Dinner. 
Because mm. when I heard that they announced Kevin Smith was going to be at uh, at uh, PowerCon, I was like, "Why is Kevin Smith at PowerCon?" Like, I I t- totally did not see that coming in or... at, at all. I just was gobsmacked that he was helming the cartoon. It was just amazing. So yeah, that was in- very very interesting surprise. Yeah, uh, shout out to Plastic Crack. Uh, that dropped, and I've watched three episodes in the in the first day that I could get my hands on it. Like just wonderful, and and really, you know, I reflected, I guess, on, oh, on seeing agree. those collectors and what they agree. were going through. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I won't talk anymore about that because we will get to it. But the big show, the other big show that hit, and I've been waiting for to drop on Netflix, is Mind yeah. Hunter season two, and oh boy. Uh, if you didn't think they could step it up any further, they have. Yeah. Um, it's an incredible season. It's, it's true crime. So this, if, if you're not familiar with what Mindhunter is, uh, this is one of the first shows I watched when I got my Netflix subscription and I loved it. Mm. It's basically around the FBI and the, the genesis or the start of their behavioral science unit which looks at interviewing serial killers and they've really termed the phrase serial killers or multiple murders as they were sort of termed up until that point. And they interview a lot of the killers to try and build up a profile. And it's the, it's the genesis of their profiling department where they can basically look at a crime and, and start to profile who the perpetrator may be based on uh, a lot of factors. Yeah, to get into their heads and yeah. things. I've, I've been trying to finish Animal Kingdom Series 2 to start watching Mindhunter. I just haven't got a chance to watch the first episode Have yet. Have you seen any of it? I've seen the first season, first season. one. Oh, I haven't I right. haven't seen season two yet. I've been waiting. I, I don't want to start no. watching another series before I haven't yeah. finished the season there. Oh, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it, but I just want to touch on a few things. I mean, the casting of this Manson is in it, yep. and it's the same actor that played Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was only in there very briefly, yep. but still yep. very cool. So okay. very very cool. Yeah. And and the thing in it is Manson was only like five foot one, right? So really really yeah. short. That's one other thing. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, people are saying it's a, it's got a Manson theme about it. Yep. Don't go expecting that Manson's going to be in there twenty four seven because he is in there. Very, very minute, like sort of a passing character. Yep. And then um, he's it, the story is very fly on his storyline. So don't don't expect it. People build it up more than it is, and yep. don't try not to think about him until you, he's actually his uh, storyline. Uh, the characters involved in him come to play because. It's but if you know the more, history of what, yeah, how how yes. what what actually happened in real life around yes um, Sharon Tate yes um there's a connection to, to what happens yes. to her right yes. which but is big but but, yeah. but don't think it's going to be majority of the movie no. it's very okay. minute right okay yeah. yep. um interesting but um I, I do want to point out about Mindhunter because it is set in the late seventies um for a TV series they've done an absolutely sensational job of capturing the era and. You know when when you see all the all the old vehicles and you know all the all the buildings that are done in that style, all the you know, the haircuts and the outfits, and I'm just looking. I was just trying to find the the name of the actor who plays Charles Manson because I wanted to give him a shout out. But you just look at the cast. Yeah, you know, it's just crazy. It, it's it's a high quality, very cleverly written show taking a lot of, you know, real life and horrific crimes from some of the most heinous people that have been captured and um, 
they that even the casting of how they you go and you do a look and you compare here's the actual killer to who here's the you know Ed Kemper the Ed Kemper character who comes back from season one who's the 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 co-ed killer yes. the, the big guy with the you know who talks a very matter of fact and 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 that's what he was like apparently in in jail as well he, he engaged with the investigators and told them a lot about his crimes and and they gleaned a lot from it but he, he's a splitting image they've mm. cast it really really well. So quality show, um, really enjoyed it. I mean, I was gripped by it and, and you know, the, the last episode is, I think, you know, an hour, hour 20, but it, it it's edge of your seat Wicked. stuff. Can't wait. So mm. really, really good. All right. Do we have, I, I did want to do a quick shout out. Um, we had, I think it was a couple of weeks ago we were recording and um, Darren had a, had a message from one of our fans, one of our listeners um, Rich Rampage had got in touch and he um, he drives for a living. So he'd found our podcast and he binged it. It was it was amazing that he'd consumed so much. And he, he reached out with a really nice message that was clearly showed he'd been listening to a lot and he, he knew us quite well. Um, and and it was lovely. I got I, I jumped on Messenger to say thanks, you know, to, to Rich for those lovely words. Um, and and what they meant, you know. For, thanks for reaching out. And we had this wonderful conversation um, over the next sort of three hours around toys and collecting and showing pictures of our collections and so forth. And it was a really nice, really nice um, conversation. Um, and we're talking, you know, like about General Crag and the details. And yes. he's like, oh, I remember looking at that figure and the details and and all that. And it was really really cool conversation. Um, but at the end of it, he goes, oh, you know, I'm a I'm a singer in a in a band, yes. and I'm like, oh, cool, you know, shoot me over some music, and I'll I'll take a listen, and I've got my iTunes subscription, so he's like, oh, my, the name of my band is Burial Park, and you know, check it out, and so I, I downloaded the album, and and I was listening to it as we were chatting, and I'm like, this is great, I'm loving this music, so um, if you do get a chance, they've got. And their album, check out Burial Park. It's that heavy metal. It is heavy metal. It, it's yeah. heavy, but there's um, a couple of songs in there that are a bit lighter as well. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm probably not going to quite get the names off the top of my head, but um, Transparent, love that. Clouds, love that. Um, and yeah, there is there is another song. I think it's around track six, um, which is a bit more of an instrumental um, and you know lovely voice. There, but there's definitely. Um, for my mind, um, uh, what's the what's the name of the artist? Fallout Boy, the singer from Fallout Boy, and some of the earlier stuff of Fallout Boy, um, like Under the Cork Tree. I definitely heard some similarities in the vocal styles, which I was just couldn't get out of my head right. that similarity. Yep. Which yep. I love. I'm a huge yeah. Fallout Boy fan, <laughs> and and just some of the guitar work. Yes, and some of the that's that's where I, that's what I tuned into. I, yeah. I, I like the um, the music. Uh, yeah. Some of some of you know, and it's something you don't hear a lot in modern music no. is some of that really great you know well, gu- guitar. You almost, I mean, like back in the day, I mean, this is local adult, this is local Australia sort of thing. But back in the day, Triple J used to play a lot of that sort of stuff. Used to do he the three did. hours of power and with um, Andrew Hogan or whatever his name was, and um, it was fantastic. And I heard all those sort of uh, lesser known bands and things like that. But those days are gone because uh, they just want to play more yeah. um you know modern mainstream. you know mainstream yeah. things and they've got become less metal and things and that's sort of where my 
passion for metal uh, dropped because it's I just, hard. I couldn't, it's, it's not. I couldn't find it anymore. I couldn't just turn on the radio and listen to it. Now I had to go searching for it. And and unfortunately, when you start go searching for it, you only search your favorite band. So yeah. I, for a long time, I was There's only no listening to... There's no mutant breaking through yeah, when you search. Yeah, yeah well, you know, I'm only listening to Fear Factory, Spine Shank, um, you know, uh, 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 Coal Chamber and all those, you know, my, my favorite early old, old school bands. And I couldn't tell you anything of no, what they've what's... put out in the last five to ten years because I, I, I just don't hear modern new music anymore because uh, I've, I'm so old school and I've still listened to CDs and <laughs> yeah. So now I've got look uh, the other sorry I've got the the list up now and number six yeah it was song six satisfaction um so if you're not into the really heavy stuff and and this is a good mix because I'm I don't like the the you know hardcore yeah. heavy. Um, but this I really, really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, the song number six, Satisfaction, is a you can a get everyone yeah. can listen to it. Um, yeah, wonderful album. So I was I was really impressed. It's it's probably my most listened to album cool. in the last uh, two weeks. So really enjoying that, Rich. Wonderful. What can't wait to hear more from from Burial Park. So yeah. And the good thing about Rich is he's he's super humble too. You just talk to him whether it's about his music or whether it's about um, toys and collecting and. And and then he's just such a humble guy. He just appreciates this show and appreciates, I think, just you know, chatting to like-minded people, people that appreciate, you know, toys and pop culture and and the things that we we all like, which is great. Yeah, very good. On that note, we'll wrap this episode of Toy Power. Thank you, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. Big shout out to our yep. new Patreons. Yep. New Patreons. So we've got the My Wife Is Gonna Kill Me podcast boys. So check out Plastic Crack documentary. They uh, feature on there towards uh, episode three, I think, it, like, like that. So check those lads out. And also a huge thanks to our Aussie Patreon, uh, of course, Chris Fresh from Geeks Dude. Geek Dudes Podcast and Hey Hey It's a Podcast. Check him out and so awesome to have you aboard, mate. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Thanks so much to everyone on the Discord. Thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you around the Toy Isles. And until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume we're awesome We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people Want to learn more? Go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're... Yeah.